Welcome to Fans Voice TV's podcast, second episode. The last podcast was supposed to be a test podcast, but I suppose it kind of went really well. We're really happy with it. So just a brief introduction again of what we're doing. We're for the fans, by the fans, but we're also ex-professional footballers and we've got a view in the game. So we've got Neil Horgan. Welcome to the podcast, Neil. Thanks, Again, Darren. week Great two. To be here. John O'Flynn, soon to be professional again. Hopefully. Very soon, hopefully, yeah. Nice to be back. Rob Han, hoping to be one day again, professional yeah. footballer. That's a few more operations first and then we'll see. <laughs> and I'm Darren Murphy and I'm an ex-professional footballer and I am going to come out of retirement when Niall Quinn gives <laughs> all the league hurling clubs two million. <laughs> Stick it to that. See, you know, I'm sticking to that, Niall. I'm definitely going to do it. Who'll sign me, though, is the thing. Cove. So just from... <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. They're <laughs> your old club. They're your old club. Aim, aim high. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, again, listening to the podcast, if you, if you like it, and it, there was good feedback on it, you know, subscribe, recommend it to a friend. We're going to always say that. Just on the feedback, there was some fe- good feedback came in from your story, John, about getting the footballs and stuff. You know, a lot of coaches took uh, real joy to that. Um, real, know, joy. real joy. <laughs> <laughs> some because, someone say euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think best story they ever heard. <laughs> I, think, I think they understood, you know, because they're probably no, you know going story. training every every week and you know dealing with young fellas not getting involved and they're getting them. And, you know, it was a real, it was a real joy. And that was the feedback anyway. So it was um, a good story, though. It was. I suppose it goes back to the roots with that one. It's like. Every young lad now sees Ronaldo wearing them boots and you think, oh, if I buy them 200 euro boots, I'm going to turn into the best player or if I have that protein shake or that protein bar or yeah. whatever. But it's actually just about working hard, working hard yeah. getting your head down and having enthusiasm. Or I think someone was speaking to me about like that. Out in the park really, like, I said, it? yeah, enjoy it. You know, the, that you, you do see all this stuff on the Instagram and stuff and it's all, you know, Pogba dancing in the dressing room. But you don't see the, the hard work that went into get Pogba, Pogba yeah, there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or... Yeah, that's 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 kind of what you were talking about, and people don't realise that. Um, so just on, and we kind of put a kind of topics together there. So we're talking about clubs and going into financial crisis, and of course, our own football club. So we're all from Cork, and basically we all played with Cork City, who's a team in the League of Ireland here, and basically they went through a lot of financial turmoil, and it kind of affected us all. I suppose it affected uh, me going to England, probably Flinney going to England, you kind of going through it here, and Rob probably pro- prospering from it. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Rob, so Rob, 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 prospers. <laughs> Rob, Rob prospered from your downfall. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us about your two books anyway. And <laughs> so, so Neil Horgan, uh, everyone on the podcast, has written two books, and he's actually putting Pfizer's sleeping tablets out of business. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I actually use one of Pfizer's other products because I was actually sore out by the book. <laughs> so, yeah, what, so what made you write two books? Did you, did you read them, Darren? I read the first one. Okay, yeah, you didn't I read the second one. I didn't read no, the second not one. Yet. Not yet, I will read yeah. it though. So it, I, the first one... When actually, we when we were talking about last week, was um, the sports psychologist, George Tracy. So he got me into writing diaries about being... Uh, when you're a footballer, to make yourself better, essentially, sport, I suppose, get your feelings down, and then um, you could deal with the match kind of separately. I think that was the concept. So if, you, if there was something worrying you at the time... It wouldn't uh, play into the the match you were playing at the time, so I got into the 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 routine of keeping diaries, uh, for myself from a sports point of view, um, performance point of view, and then the club went into, uh, suddenly into examinership, um, after the previous owners Arkaj withdrew money uh, immediately, or without any notice, put it that way. And so the diaries actually got kind of better <laughs> as things got worse. And it, 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 it's tur- more serious. <laughs> yeah, more serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. More content. Um, so it turned into two books. Yeah, it turned into two books. Which is, uh, and you I, were there at the time, I, weren't you? I was. I was kind of getting out of it, though. Book I, one. I, I, book one, I was there. He hasn't I was there. Two, yeah, 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 yeah. He's not in it. He's not reading book. Yeah, yeah. Nail on the head. You see last week when he's pulling out things from himself. We're talking about the legal aspects. I never remember getting a call asking me, could I be in your book? 
and you used me as a as, oh, yeah, as yeah. a pseudo name. Time's up now. <laughs> Six years yeah. past. Yeah. <laughs> so we talk about look finances and football. Has it affected you kind of in any way, or I suppose clubs wise, afraid of getting paid and stuff? And no, I think there was an eye opener that time when that happened to City. Um, you know, we were having some fantastic times. You know, our our did come in and changed the whole bonus system and yeah, like. You could tell there there was probably lads coming back from from the championship, wanting to play League of Ireland because of, you know the the money that was going about that time, so you know to be on that wave, to be on the high, and to suddenly then to be thinking, you know you, you're obviously getting paid a certain amount and your means are affected by if that amount then gets cut. So for yeah. me it was the case. I would have bought a decent house, uh, you know, I would have had a big car, I would, you know, there was a lot of things, outgoings at the time, so then suddenly being caught having 30, 40% of your wages, you know, I just couldn't sustain it, so for me, we're all on the free at the time, so for me yeah. it was a case of sit around and hope something, you know, happens, or someone comes in and takes the club over, or be proactive and try and get away. Yeah. I think the worst part of it, it was, like you said, like we were kind of getting used to, they kept telling us that we were going to be more and more money, so... Like if you're if we believe them, then you're gonna think like for the next few years I'm gonna have money for a mortgage and whatever. So people started preparing for that, like, and then without any notice they just pulled it, mm. and then guys had mortgages at that point or car loans or whatever. So it was really, uh, it was really. I think a lot of thing. footballers get sucked into that. No, you probably was a, 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 you're like a weekend millionaire. Mm. You know, you get you're you're young, you're getting paid decent money, and you think it's never gonna end. Yeah, like and it's a bit naivety, isn't it? It's, so yeah. naive, and yeah, but, yeah. but you do start to plan ahead. You know, you might, as you say, the money's coming in. You're you're able to save and, you know, it's like any job, though, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And I suppose what what people would have kind of been critical of us a little bit, I think, in in the background might have been that here you are, professional footballers in Ireland. Like, what are you thinking? Like. Yeah, but like, the the other other hand, hand, it, was, it was rolling around <laughs> in your uh, <laughs> land rovers. On the other hand, it was the first time that it was happening. Yeah. So yeah. this, we thought we were part of a new a wave, and it was going to be like there was eight or nine professional football clubs in Ireland at the time, which is amazing. Like, mm -hmm. and there isn't now. Like, but so the I think the full sustainability of um of the league. I think at 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 the peak, Satanta Cup came in. It's a Tanta Cup, I think it was 150 grand, yeah. 200 grand, something like that. Teams, definitely Dublin teams, were signing players on the back of winning that oh, tournament yeah, Cup. a couple of weeks into the season. That's paying the wages. Yeah. I think a couple of them clubs fell away from not winning winning that, that, that yeah. cup competition. They were gambling then, on winning. Yeah, yeah. All so, the time. Sure, you that, know, that time, that must have been the strongest first division ever. When you'd City, Shelburne, Derry all got relegated because of financial oh, trouble. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like, none of them got relegated on the pitch. Yeah, and then they were all suddenly in the first division, That's like kind of the fallout. Yeah, a few years later, but it's something that affects football clubs all over the world. Like as I spoke about, there's an article like about a Spanish club today that's in they, big trouble. Even uh, even the big teams in the Premiership, like one kind of like bad kind of move, they're all in debt. Yeah. I suppose they're all in debt, and it's a, it's a big lesson for footballers, I think, to learn is kind of like be careful with your money. How many footballers went bust as well? Like you look mm -hmm. at Keith Gillespie there. Mm -hmm. I read his book actually. It's very, yeah, very it's interesting very, book. Yeah, there. you know, like it's it it definitely is something to look out for. I think uh, Gareth Farley was on the the news there recently, wasn't he? About if you're if, you know full time footballer in the UK like he was, that a lot of guys with investment schemes were coming along to them and yeah. they were like naive, like you said, John, yeah. and um, they got stung essentially. They yeah. you know they they gave the money over, and you see that all around the world now. Guys who were um, like Ronaldo was it last week or two weeks ago was paid out so so many million 12 points up a million on the tax tax, yeah, yeah. tax evasion so they've all got caught for, money yeah for tax fraud essentially yeah. paid out and, and what Garrett is saying and he's, he's a solicitor now in, in the UK is that the guys who were advising them at the time were, were you know trying to scam them yeah right? well, I think that's what it's easy, it is well, easy yeah. money like yeah it is I think it's sports in general money wise and you know I, I even listened to a couple of podcasts about um, they're talking about NBA players who get these twenty million uh, dollar contracts, but they're not guaranteed that twenty million. Yeah. So next thing they they buy a house, five million, ten million dollar house for their their parents or whatever. Next thing they could be injured the following year. They've made two million and that's it. They're cut. They don't get that twenty million. Oh, yeah. People just think twenty million. That's it. Yeah. But it's paid over a certain amount and it's it's not guaranteed. 
and then next thing they're left with a, a, a the club ten, must be able to terminate the contract if a five or ten million pound out that yeah. they're paying 150 grand tax every year they, they just don't have that like yeah, or even with the NFL players they only get paid while the season's on so what's that six, 16 weeks Okay. but obviously they get paid millions but they all think sure I'm millionaire they go to spend it then they have nine months where they have no income like Okay. And they just don't. They don't get the education, I suppose. Yeah. And they probably to, don't pay tax as well. Then get caught for that kind of stuff as well. They, they, have, to, they have to pay tax in every state they play in and everything. So. And it's yeah. different taxes. Yeah. And so that's, then that's they're dealing with dodgy accountants and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It does come down to education. There's yeah. Really it's a lot of things to look out for. I suppose we, we, we you're looking at football agents as well. You know, just even in a small scale, I know football agents that are coming over here, charging lads like twenty, thirty euros a week, and basically, they might have, they might have. 40 or 50 players paying that and all he's giving them is a phone call you know and are they certainly connect, are they connected to certain clubs I don't know really like you know like are they how, how many players are getting moves out of the League of Ireland but they all have they're up more more and more agents like you know Yeah. it's kind of something to look out for I, I think personally and my advice to players out there would be don't pay a football agent I do believe in that unless he's kind of re- doing something or he gets a a club for you and there's a percentage comes off it then you know you shouldn't be kind of playing paying the guy week to week that's going to give you a phone call you know and when you're doing well yeah I think young lads get sucked into a, an agent you, you sign a contract and you're getting free boots free boots is the big thing you're like oh this, this is the job and then <laughs> yeah. not getting a second opinion on a contract where you're signing it and you know there's there's little fine print there that next thing you're, you're signed by a club and you sign a three year deal and he's getting a, a, a big whack out of that I remember we had your man we were both under him and yeah we, this guy I know could have been working at Burger King or well, for all we know like he could he was probably working at Burger King they probably didn't let him near the tills because he wasn't good with money and he was Flynn's agent but anyway cut down out of the podcast <laughs> learn from your mistakes but um well just going back to the book right honestly because I'd like to say this about it and the second one as well is that so my second book was Second City is that I think the lack of planning for professional football in Ireland was what brought about well played some part in bringing down the downfall of the, of the clubs in that stage and, and that hasn't changed now there's been no plan to have professional football here even at a really modest level from the FAI you know like their last thing the Connor report didn't mention anything about professionalism and so like we were all professional footballers here in Ireland that's what we're saying and the FAI never planned for that and they're the governing association I think that's that's that needs to change like if you want because like you know, Scandinavian countries, all countries about our size, have professional football, but they've planned it. And have the backing of the association. Yeah, they have yeah. the backing of the association. We were just lucky that we had probably, it, it just took off with summer soccer. We had big businessmen who were, who were pumping yeah, money in. Kind of yeah. organically. Yeah. Good yeah. timing, kind of. Yeah. Like, like you think, yeah. the way the Arcasia went, and how much we were being guaranteed, and then it got taken away, hmm. I look back and I think, wow, what a, what a job Lennox done. I have so much gratitude to to Brian Lennox for coming mm-hmm. in and doing it properly that time he obviously got to a stage where he couldn't sustain it so he got new new people in that, that's perfect that you know that suited him that suited the club with someone coming in they probably didn't do the back check on who exactly this, this company was but you know just thinking back of how professional Brian made it you know and I think Forrest going to European European trips. again now as well yeah. to be fair but Brian did a great job yeah. but is it, is it something then that like you know the model has been run here in Ireland by someone like Brian Lennox and Forrest have kind of done it. Mm. Is it something the FEI um, kind of see and say like, do you know what? These lads, do you know they're doing a good job here? Like, we'll take some tips off them. You know, like, or can we bring Brian Lennox up to a meeting room in Dublin, the headquarters, and say like, have you any ideas? You know, like, we, we're, we're, kind of, we're kind of struggling here. Like, yeah. you know, have you... You know, bringing people, good people in like that's that. That's a great, great idea, to be honest with you, because they've been through the mill when it happened, and, and there wasn't any lessons learned from like what happened to us, like which is the galling part of it. Do you know, you would have thought, all right, this is how not to do it, like without a plan. Yeah. yeah. But now you see clubs going back full time, and they're saying there's no plan there. Uh, no, they're just going into. It's the same again. Cork City, Cork City have learned from their mistakes, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. They have a they have, kind of sustainable true. model now with yeah. Forest, but. See clubs all over the league, like Bray and Limerick last year, couldn't pay their players again. Yeah. Like that's happening year on year, like So without the kind of support do you think it, it could happen again? Like it's just As you said though, is there too many kind of opinions and like people around with 
different views is it, is it going to drive on like yeah, you think and the need, fans need to be leading yeah. From, yeah. like from the top doesn't it like like, yeah, to be honest, like or the fans there as well. Do they really like, want to go as well? It, it kind of, mm. it's kind of more, you know, Irish fans are traveling more to games across the water because they're getting kind of more value out of it. And yeah, you can't blame them for that, you know. No, I don't like think, you can't. Like, and it's happening. Like, is it? Yeah. Is is it just Ireland is GA dominated and they're not really into football that much? Because if you did get a good structure together with the football, would the fans be there then to support it? Then well, at least well, do it. Yeah, do it and see. I think it comes like, with that. I think it comes. <coughs> Better structure. Yeah, I agree. Well, even the, the games the, on like RT or something like that all the time as well. You know, yeah. but the thing I the thing I don't get is when RT show a game, it's on at the same time as all the other games. So, and uh, all those oh, people who are at games can't watch that. Games, if yeah. that game was on a Thursday night, just say instead of a Friday yeah. night, you have all those people are going to watch it. Yeah. But then they're all at the games on Friday, so you're diminishing the audience by so much. Like, would you be, could even go to look basically in in the League of Ireland? We've got a Premier Division, we've got a First Division. And then it's all going to intermediate level after that in Ireland. Could they maybe, you know, get a Premier Division game in, a First Division game in, and then get an intermediate game in? Because there is a lot of interest in the intermediate. Yeah, there and, is. And actually that could, <coughs> having a structure from the football. bottom, because yeah. Yeah. Uh, all those clubs have, you know, a structure. They have all their own grounds. They have training grounds. They put years and years of their community Absolutely. into it. That's what maybe kind of what they should, yeah, yeah, that's I think, maybe I think, Air, I think Air Sport have been better, though. Since they came in, started covering it, they've given the league a lot more coverage. I think. The like, RT, there was yeah. a few years ago when I was with Stillwood City, we were playing Dundalk, top two teams. It was on a Sunday afternoon, and RT were showing Goldfinger or something. Like, who's <laughs> <laughs> like, watching that on a Sunday afternoon? Like, well, it, it is a classic. Goldfinger, Tina Turner, classic. <laughs> Right. I know what you there mean, is, Mark. There's, there's a different Harry Potter. Just uh, right. <laughs> there's a different Harry Potter movie on RT every weekend. I don't mind the Harry Potter one. Come on, <laughs> Harry Potter is good. Every weekend. Come on. So anyway, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean though. Bridging the gap for the amateur clubs, you know, to to because it's yeah. all probably like it, it kind of creates a rift. It's like ah, Car City is Car City that. But like there are clubs who have decent players who played League of Ireland, mm. ex players who who are working now and. The, the levels are really high and I think going back to what I said last week about remember lads coming over oh he, yeah, plays, for yeah, he plays for United we whatever. hold that in such high esteem it, Cork City is a massive thing for people in Ireland but I don't think fans buy into that as well as players you know it, it should be a real honour to, yeah, to, yeah, to, to say that yeah. you know I, I played 20 years in League of Ireland football and to be proud of that at the end like a lot of lads oh, I never went to England right? you know yeah. you don't feel like you made it course you did you played for the the best team in your in your county mm. or in the league or whatever like i you think know? there's there is an irish attitude even though it's probably like oh look at your man who's he think he is playing with cork city mm. or do you yeah. know what i mean it's like it, it, there is that attitude there but the, that's because my view is the league doesn't get enough respect from its own association to be honest with you yeah i yeah. know they're doing some good right in fairness they're trying to change the underage structures think are helpful but if you're really interested in the league and you want to you know back it you have to come out and say right this is a brilliant league, or, or, or can be a brilliant league. Here, here's Cork City. Here's the Munster Senior League teams underneath it. We want you guys to be integrated with Cork City, and we're going to do everything yeah. we can to make Cork City, you know, on top of you, and you serve each other well. But I, I, I completely agree with you. I think until that happens, people are going to look down the league around and say, mm. "Look, what kind of league is that?" Because mm. you have these stories every week. Because and, and my honest feeling is that. It's because we don't really, we, it's not really been backed by the yeah. FAI. How, how often do you hear? Oh, I watched a city match last night. It was actually decent. It's, yeah, they're all they're all decent yeah. games. Like, well, we know how good it yeah. is. Like, and, people and like you. Will be the first game they watched in years. In like. England, you know, you can you can weigh up the standards. And we've spoken to loads of people. Yeah. Like I would have spoken to loads of people over the years, and the difference between the standards. It's not going from like Mickey Mouse League to the Premiership. You know, obviously going to the Premiership is a big step for any league, but like. When 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 it's professional, the top end of our league is is very good. Like, mm. and there is some, some it fast, can be very good. Even even, even myself, when I was a teenager, I never I never would have gone to Cork City games, and it's twenty minute walk from my house, turns across. But then it was only when I started going out there under nineteen that I realized how good the players actually were. Yeah, and then I started going all the time. Like, yeah, it's just you have to kind of see it. Always. Yeah, you have to see it for yourself mm. to know how decent it is. Like, mm. plus you're lazy and you won't walk twenty. Well, that's <laughs> played a part as well. <laughs> So, we'll move on to after football. We're going to talk about Flinny at the moment because you're doing Suma Sports. 
and you're promoting it to us and giving us hats and stuff there now tonight <laughs> and trying to get it out there. Very what the hell is Suma Sports? Uh, well, it was something I kind of fell into, really. The owner, I met him three years ago, a friend of a friend, and we kind of just clicked straight away. Real big football man, you know, would have done great stuff for football all the way through the years. I think when people first hear Suma Sports, they think, oh, what kind of name is that? But it's it's actually Wexford's bred name. That's where the company right. it was formed. But Suma, it was he he uh, studied Latin when he was younger, and Suma means the top or elite. So that's where the the crest kind of comes from, the okay. the crest of a mountain, like the the the, the top, the summit. So yeah, that, it is nice to be fair. That 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 t shirt or that jersey is very nice. Yeah, very so nice. that's kind of where where it came from, and then obviously. Latin was a, a foundation for a load of different languages around Europe and, and the world. So I think Suma then would be translated worldwide where people would, would know it rather than coming from Wexford and it's an Irish name. No one in England is going to know what that Irish name is. Or, so Suma resonates around the world so it could be a worldwide brand. You know? it's, it's multi-sport, it's not soccer uh, We're, we're kind of really pushing soccer at the minute okay. but it's something to open up. Okay. But I think our niche at the minute is soccer. Our message basically is what can we do to help sustain a club, a schoolboy club. Okay. Is there any other brand trying to like? Where what our, our initiative is is to give a kickback, so a cash kickback. So I think there's only one other kit manufacturer that does something similar to that, but they base it on they give you kind of credits on stuff you buy, and then the credits build up, and they give you a free set of kit based on the credits. So even there, that could be a great idea for instead league of cash. Clubs. Yeah. Instead of cash. Instead of cash. Kit, yeah. But we're we're actually basically what we want to do is if your club comes to us, they want to set a kit. We then give them a, a, a one-page website on our website. That's our club shop. That We're trying to eliminate okay. different problems. Yeah, yeah. Like, how many times does a schoolboy manager or person for the club get asked by Johnny's dad, oh, he, he needs an extra jump or something like that? Then I have to pay for it. Yeah. I'm holding it. And then yeah. I might give it to Johnny's dad, yeah, who then, look, yeah. I'll, I'll sort you out next week. Whereas, just go on the website and, and order it. And order it yourself. We'll put up the website for you. Yeah, we'll... Yeah. we'll We'll take out the middleman. You order your stuff, whatever it is. If it's a bigger club, if it's a, you know, you amateur clubs there, they have decent support. But if you're thinking professional, once you have a good core support who buy the gear, then every purchase off of that, we give a kick, a cash kickback. Would they do a kick, uh, kickback for podcast. <laughs> Depends we, how much we, we need to get a kick first. <laughs> Depends how much gear you actually buy. But no, I think free hats won't do that. Like the funny thing about it, where's the cash? I want your hats. We pay you in hats. The funny thing about it is, though, is I don't know. You said cash. <laughs> cash. <laughs> the countless amount of clubs I've been onto, they're not getting it because. They're, they're saying there has to be what's the catch you're going to give us money, suppose, money back on it they've probably been caught by ex-footballers before so many times especially me but kit suppliers we're trying to make you it probably have to build up kind of a rapport yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I want to be able to deal with you and you to be able to ring me and say look this is the problem you know can I fix that and yeah I'll work with you mm -hmm. you know there's a couple of clubs now that, that we've gone given kits uh, and, and I've become friends with the, the people I've dealt with and I've done a coaching session or just Give them back something like you know. That's a good so, idea. Yeah, I think they do an app, maybe an app for the um, as part of the website. That's probably the next step. Where you know, if you're, are they all part of <laughs> <Sorry, no. laughs> business ideas? He's trying to get a percentage. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to come you. <laughs> get him out. <laughs> this is his after football plan, and you're trying to cut the man out of it. You are some operator. No, Tell really us about good. your after football. Comedy, I'd say. Like you're, you. just, you're, you're just living, you're just living by a, a big ocean house after selling all those books <laughs> and just writing down yeah, by the pier every the books, morning. The books were profitable, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, so I'm a solicitor, Darren. So I, 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 luckily, I was able to qualify whilst I was playing. Well, actually, I did the black hole entrance exams while I was playing, which is stage one in qualifying to being a solicitor. And um, because we were full time, which was brilliant. So if you can imagine, like, back in the day, what time we were training from until... So from, like, we had to be there at nine, probably, John, did we? And say on a Tuesday, and we were finished at probably one or two. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying about, remember last week? Half about, ten to half twelve, even, probably. Yeah, you know? so, like, if you were talking about kids yeah. who probably had the, the freedom of their day to do... A lot of time, yeah. Yeah, so I did, I did those black hall exams, because I had done... What worked for me was that I, I probably wasn't good enough to go to England when I was young, so I, I did an arts degree in history and geography um, when Cork City was part-time. 
and then when it was full time I was able to concentrate on, on the football and have that free time through the professional exams and it worked out really well it did in fairness um, so you so used the time use the time well I did and actually when the exams were finished I kind of there was a void there so that's when I, I did the books because I, I you know you're coming home at like one o'clock yeah. two o'clock like you know so it, it, it kept me busy I suppose yeah uh, no fair play as well for doing it because I suppose it's, it's not an easy thing to do like on, on the side of football not a lot of footballers do it and they should kind of be really looking into it. And I, I get the argument of managers saying, you know, you need to recover as well. Because you do need to recover. A lot of people mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, yeah, but you're finished at 12, 1 o'clock. But you do put in a heavy yeah, session. Yeah. And it does take a toll on muscles and stuff. And as well, you know, you probably could go away and do something. But you, you still have to, like, you know, recover and treat your body. Because you want to go to the next yeah. level. The ideal thing about this, it wasn't a full-time course at that stage. It, like, it basically was, I had to do eight exams anytime. Well, every April and October they're on. So it meant that I could, I could balance it up. I could study yeah. whenever I wanted for them, really. Whereas I think if you're doing a f- full-time that's course and full-time football... That's what happened to me. I was in doing commerce in UCC. Right. And my first year of commerce, course, we were part-time. Okay. So yeah. it was perfect. It was ideal. I go it's to college, perfect for finish college at five game. o'clock or whatever, yeah. out to training, grand. But then when John came in, it went full time, and I kind of ba- managed to balance it it's a bit difficult. the first year. Yeah. But then going into third year, I had work placements, and it just was it wasn't feasible yeah. at all. Like so, I had to make the choice, and I went. I dropped out of college, like I went for football. Okay. And yeah, I don't regret that. And what in were you doing slightest. in college? Uh, commerce in okay. UCC. Okay. And to be fair, now I wasn't too interested in the course. It was just a case of I did my leaving cert. Okay, did, that did was the next thing. And that was just what I got on my CAO, basically. Yeah. I had, didn't really pick the course, so to speak. So. And you're thinking about going back now, doing journalism, Yeah, like, is it? obviously, I don't consider myself finished playing yet, like, but a lot of people will know I haven't, I haven't played 90 minutes in two years with my ankle. And I have another surgery coming up in four weeks' time. Basically, I, even though I'm only 24, I've had to start thinking, I'm not going to play football forever, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, I started, like you were saying earlier writing diaries and that was more just for myself for my own mental health because you know, you're isolated at home there when you're injured you're out of work and everything definitely when you're injured things just start weighing down on you so so yeah I started writing a few things and I found it really helped I actually I'm after applying for a journalism degree brilliant so I'm waiting here back on that but that's kind of like, obviously now would keep me involved in sport in some capacity as well there's two good books you could read there. That are <laughs> I think it's I think it's that point of getting out of your comfort zone though. Like you were obviously playing football and you decided to do this course. You were doing this course and then you got yeah. into football. But now you're thinking of getting yeah. Like it's just that bit of drive and commitment. How can you use the time as good as you can? You use your time perfectly. Yeah. And now you're reaping the benefits off of that. You could be the same as you say. You're only twenty four. Yeah. But that's like, the thing. Like I I've, I've been saying. Since I dropped out of college, oh, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna do this, but you know it's pub talk. Essentially, like you're not actually procrastinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but then I decided kind of time to get my like it's something time to get my ass in gear, yeah, basically. Yeah, like yeah, because yeah. I'm actually motivated to do this and excited about it. I came so. up with a good idea there, which would be that we'd all come back and play football in one team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea. Co wanderers, brilliant. I love it. We're all going. Manager does. I actually have farms in the car here, <laughs> so cash. <laughs> This cash too. Hats. <laughs> well, I think so much cash. going back to Hoggy, Hoggy's point though, for young lads, now, have to, just have that bit of, you know, what can I do with my time? Can you make your time count like? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, thinking of me last year, Finn Harps, I'm coming towards the end of my career and I've gone on the longest trap, like, my home games are 10 hour round trip. <laughs> yeah. Like, people are saying, what, what, what are you doing? Why do you need to? And I was like, the, the Finn Arms manager came down and he made me want to go up and play for him Ollie Horgan he showed that yeah. desire yeah. yeah like he came down three times to me within the space of a week and a half and I was like in my head when I first heard about it I was like nah not a hope but the more I chatted to him he made me want to he gave me the desire to go up there and play and then I'm thinking the same as you how can I make use of this time the 10 hours 37 audiobooks I got through <laughs> like personal <laughs> development and stuff like yeah. that so I made use of that time Brilliant. but it, if Brilliant. only FETV podcast was around then. Oh, you know what I mean? Endless amount of fun. Endless amount of fun. <laughs> we need to make more episodes. That's what it is. Yeah, but that was being smart with your time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, that's it. Yeah. Oh, instead of saying, oh, God, I've just... Yeah. Listen, I've just, listen uh, to the same playlist over yeah, and over. Yeah, yeah. yeah or I'm like, just driving, so. dreading it. How can you turn that into a positive? Yeah. Ah, I can't wait to get in this new new pod, or new podcast or new audio book. I think you, you're, you're right. Like, being positive is important about in, in football, Huge. isn't it? Yeah. 
like I'd say Jonathan is probably one of the most positive men I've ever met in my life <laughs> but is, it's, it's yeah. a real strength like for yeah. people and people say I'm positive like and I'm nothing compared to him yeah. but and I'd say like Rob is positive you're positive I, I actually think it's something because we probably we, we have a bad game on a Friday night and we've no choice but to kind of gather ourselves and come back on a Monday training watching the see, watching the video footage my mm. god mm. on a Monday yeah. of your mistakes <laughs> yeah. on a Friday night in front of all the lads you nearly have to program yourself to be to have that positive kind of yeah, yeah I nearly do. Yeah. or I, even like transitioning to a manager or a coach and seeing knowing yourself the way you used to train and you used to play seeing a group of lads say there's 20 lads and you're coaching them just come to the session and have enthusiasm and be positive like what's the point in even turning up yeah. if you're just going to be yeah. you know do training you'd like to do yourself kind yeah, of thing like, so you yeah. enjoy it as a player you know instead of two or three years time say oh I wish I actually went and enjoyed the session you can all you need to do is bring and as you said the psychologist told you stuff outside football you go to football yeah. that's your kind of release definitely, definitely. leave everything there definitely. go enjoy it for that hour and a half and then you deal with that stuff afterwards but I don't need you, you can't yeah. have the balance of the two yeah. you can't bring you your stuff carrying to it into, into your baggage yeah yeah no, no. I think a lot of players know especially they don't know what to think or kind of what to do really they're getting a lot of as we spoke about social media stuff you only see kind of good bits or like Instagram or something you know that you see Ronaldinho doing a nutmeg and that's the be all and end all and they think if I do a nutmeg now in this training or game I'm a legend you know what I mean <laughs> It's, it's true, not, actually. Yeah, it is, it's kind of giving them a false kind yeah. of. They should have showed Ronaldinho's night out after uh, not make. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would <be> much better. <laughs> but it's the same. It's the same in people's lives. Social media, you only see the good stuff, and you think, "Oh, he's having a great life," and he could actually be. You could jazz it up and thing. Photoshop it up as as much as you like, and uh, but deep down, it could be also happening. People just need to be, you know, aware of that. Like my missus told me that they were trying to make is it Kendall Jenner or yeah. Kylie I'm not, I'm not too sure uh, one. the youngest same. one anyway they wanted to make her the, the youngest billionaire Kylie Jenner I think so they they got like a fund and people who don't have money were putting money in to give to yeah. this one who's a multi nearly a billionaire to, to like that's brain work that, that's yeah. the kind of stuff yeah. we're dealing with these days though <laughs> yeah. like these celebrities are brainwashing young kids susceptible who don't have a bob to their names who are putting their money towards you know, it's it's all yeah. branding and buying and but like that that just shows you that the lengths. Yeah, I think there's a fella Tristan Thompson was going out with one of them, and he was the most googled NBA player last year. Like just from having a bang, an like affiliation bang, with them, bang average player doesn't even start for his team, and he was the most googled NBA player just because he's going out with one of them. Like, like back them, isn't it? Yeah. A bit. Can we get um, Kylie Jenner <laughs> on the podcast? <laughs> Well, is actually, that possible? Well, very, very <laughs> or her GoFundMe thing. <laughs> Wordy so thing. I was at a lecture today um, by a woman who was... Lecture, is it? All right. I've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a rich mahogany. <laughs> 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 Many books. In any event, Many I do think women's sport, women's sport is a topic for, for this podcast that should be brought up, and I think you agree with me, Darren. Yeah, 100%. Um, and there's, there's actually um, uh, something going on. It's called 2020. It's by the Sports Federation of Ireland and they're trying to get 20% more attendances and 20% more media coverage and crucially 20% more participation in women's sports because it's like it's not supported enough. Um, the lecture I went to today, they, they were, she said, did you read the sports supplements of some paper today? There was no pictures of women, just all men. Like, So I think that needs to change and I think you should get True, someone yeah. in to talk about women's sports. I think it's... Well, I, had, it's oh, I had someone on, on the, the page before and you know I, I two women's footballers who were playing the League of Ireland and actually you know they kind of go through the same stuff we do, and do. like you know it's 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 kind of it is frowned upon but it's starting mm. to pick up now in Ireland and I think it's you know they, they were saying there's professional contracts available in England for them and you look at Denise O'Sullivan there who's a, a kind of a superstar really of Irish mm. football which is fantastic to see did anyone see the 42 yesterday the article about no. this I, I, I don't know her name but this famous well, she, she wasn't famous Irish footballer who won like five um, Scudettas in Serie A back in the 80s in women's football and was signed by each club she was like one of the best players in Europe but um, we've never heard of her you know yeah. so that has to change like I think yeah. you know but oh, I played with five aside with this girl Claire Shine no Claire she's from Douglas yeah. Yeah. what a brilliant yeah. footballer right yeah. brilliant footballer but until you see her playing yeah. you know against you think yeah. you know what's women's football or whatever they're brilliant players. Claire, though, you know? Claire and Denise O'Sullivan came up training with us, Douglas Hall, seniors okay. like. Did they? And like, obviously, wouldn't Real look class. a bit out, wouldn't look a patch out of place yeah. like you know. 
fellas afraid to tackle them for a while like until they get shouldered off the ball themselves yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like a bias built into us again like it is in this, it is like it's, it's just built in but again it needs to change improves, yeah, it needs it. to change even the, we do city skills with, with Car City it's a FEI um, funded project but even young kids ter- 12, 13 up to 15, 16 we, we get girls now in all the time and it's great to see yeah, and, and they are good so I, th- I think it is changing as you say and you know the younger kids now and like the the young lads get on with it as if it's just another yeah. another lad. So it, you know, yeah. It I think it is changing. That's but great. It, it is the it light. Needs, it probably needs a bit of a push. Yeah, yeah it does. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Are everyone <clears throat> on the same page? Yeah. You know what? It's time for now. It's time for Rob's weird <laughs> football story. You said it's going to be a dinger now this, this week. So better be. Sit back and listen. Okay. Now hold on. Let me get my cup of cocoa. <laughs> okay. This this story is from when I was at Sligo Rovers in 2015. And I'm going to change the names of the main protagonists of the okay. story. For legal reasons. For, yeah, possibly. Two, two words association, if you can, like, so we, we near it enough to know the names. I'll tell you the names when we're not recording. So Hob Meehan would be, <laughs> would be Rob Meehan, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hob. So, uh, basically, we had a game on Friday night in Galway. And we were off, off for the weekend, so the majority of the players went home. But one lad was from England, so he stayed. He stayed in the house in Sligo on his own. So we were like, he was supposed to come down to Cork with me. And I was like, you're, what are you going to be doing up there on your own the whole time? Like, to come down and come out with me and the lads. Cans. Yeah, cans. <laughs> but he was like, no, no, I'll be grand, I'll stay, I'll stay. So I went down, had my weekend at home, whatever, back up on Monday for training. How do you know over the weekend? Our grand, yeah, I just stayed in, stayed in, uh, had a bottle of wine, and I passed out on the couch. Weird enough, but okay. <laughs> uh, so then... I think I know the guy. Go we were in Tuesday, and Mickey Adams was manager at the time. He gave us Wednesday off. So one of the lads we were living with is from Limerick. So he was like, lads, come down. Come out with me down Limerick. We'll come back up then tomorrow night. So off we went down to Limerick. And I got a phone call off the assistant manager when we were just after arriving. He said, is Darren with you? And I was like, he is, yeah, why? He goes, okay, don't put him on the phone. Just tell him to get out of the country. And I was like, what? what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? He said, just tell him to get out of the country. I'll explain to you tomorrow. All right. So I said, Darren, did something happen over the weekend or what? Like, he goes, no, no, I just stayed in. He said, well, Alan was on the phone there. He told, he told you to get out of the country. He goes, oh, that's weird, isn't it? So we were like, okay, it's the strangest thing ever. <laughs> So we were going back up the next day and he was ringing us again. He said, is he still, did he leave yet? We were like, no, we're not even back in Sligo yet. Like, how could he, how could he have left? So he was like, lads, I'm going to tell you what happened. Basically, Darren went out last weekend and he's after being accused of hitting a girl. So we were like, what? And I know, know the guy now wouldn't believe it for a second. <laughs> but this girl turned out to be the daughter of some like, head gang drug dealer in Sligo so basically they were like they're going to come and get him basically whatever that means <laughs> and uh, give him a good spank so we said that to him and he was like no I, did, I didn't go out like I didn't go out he kept saying it so we went into training on uh, the Thursday and Mickey Adams came over he said to Darren no you can't be here Like you're a danger to the rest of the squad you have to you have to go so we went out training and we were doing a shooting drill and by the nature of being a striker, I'm standing on the edge of the box. And I hear, like, shouting. I turn around. There's a lad running onto the pitch with a balaclava on. Oh, no. Gun in his hand. Up to John. He goes, you're fucking dead. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And we were all, like, people ran. I genuinely, I was stuck. My legs would not move, like. <laughs> if you'd offered me a million pounds, I could not have gotten it, like. And uh, he was there. You're fucking dead. You're fucking dead. And... Alan, the assistant manager, was going, that's not him, that's not him, it's a different guy, it's a different guy. So you get the fuck down. So he gets down on the floor like that. Next thing, he takes off the balaclava. It's one of the, so- one of the injured lads. <laughs> He's after him the, phys- him, the physio, and the kit man are after going down, they're after going down to Smith's, buying a water gun, covered in black tape. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> Run onto the pitch. It's scary. That's taking banter to another, oh another level. God. It went from the scariest to the funniest thing yeah, ever yeah. in a fucking heartbeat. Like, Brilliant. 
Brilliant. That is footballers, don't we? Oh. Yeah. Taking, taking a totally serious, detrimental <laughs> situation. Yeah, turning it into a joke. It. Yeah. It, went, it went on that night. It's only a goof, man. It went, on, it went on later on that night, though. We were in the gaff, and we were staying out in sticks in Sligo, like, so I don't think anyone rang the doorbell in three months. That day, four times the doorbell went, like. Once, it was one of the other lads coming over to say goodbye, because he was heading home. And then, it was some fella collecting for... A charity walk for his school or something. We were all shot like nerves, shot to bits. Like, how dare you collect charity? Off I was, <laughs> just take two hundred. Just I, go. I was cook. I was cooking. The, I was cooking the dinner then. And uh, all right, a bit of a chef, are we? Yeah, I do. Do my best. Can like. <laughs> but uh, this fella calls to the door, gets out of a white van like, and he has a package in his hand. He rings the doorbell. One lad opens it now like that, like barely looking out. He's yeah, you're right. Is is, uh, is Darren there? I heard it in the kitchen, I just looked out. He goes, No, no, he's gone, he's gone away. He goes, Oh yeah, I have a package for him there. He's like, What is it? He goes, it's a bomb. And we were just like looking at him like that. And he goes, Lads, I'm only messing, like it's just clothes or something. We're like, it's bad, bad, yeah, yeah. bad time to make that the joke. Time. <laughs> bad time to make that joke. <laughs> wasn't really. It was I, just, lo- I love the way he used my name for the story as well as the pseudo name. In my eye, like, like, like just everyone on the podcast, it wasn't me. It was not Darren Murphy <laughs> of Fans Voice TV. <laughs> uh, so, that's a brilliant story, Rob. <laughs> now it's time for. The most popular one of all, Darren's blast from the past. <laughs> so I've got these like newspaper clippings. Spending stay there. The headline is Tuesday, November the 11th, 2008. I might still be down there if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top, it's Murphy Boost is City of Europe. There you go. <laughs> What's the boost? Did you come back to the team or something? Oh yeah, so Darren Murphy, who had five stitches inserted, a head wound after a nil-all draw with Sligo. Do you remember that game? Um, no. <laughs> Do you remember Jesus. that? Was that? You read two books and you don't remember that? So <laughs> that thrilling nil-all draw with Sligo <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah. Do you remember the, the tackle you had on your, your quad, actually, that the, the blade ripped you open? Yeah, that was, that was oh. some team from the north we were playing that game. That's kind of the cup, wasn't it? I remember that, 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 that game and coming over and you were like, no, yeah. I'll be grand to the physio and I could see the, yeah. the yellow bits actually, of bit, of, bit not, of fat. Yeah, like, massively oh, yeah. opened me up. Yeah. That was another one actually, the the head one. So I've gone in for collision? a I've gone in for a diving header and your man studded me as well at the top of my head. I actually still have a scar going across my head from it. But I remember that. I was like, Jesus, like I'm after getting some amount of injuries and then to get sp- split open in the head as well, like it was like what am I doing? That's what's happened. We know what happened to Daz now. <laughs> one, too, one too many. <laughs> the poor fella. Yeah. Anyone's looking to see the back, guys? got a medal as well, So, we'll take a few questions. So, Stephen O'Brien, saying about amateur clubs going senior, Munster Senior League, actually, like, being, like, you know, Munster Senior League. So, like, playing teams from Limerick and Clare and Tipperary and that's kind of what we were talking about you know the kind of base underneath the first division something that I think it should be as well because there, there is there is like that interest in the intermediate level and you know it, it must I don't know the history of it and I'm it was, again, it was I think I'd say it I'd, must have been monster, I'd, I'd, I'd like, say in the, some stage like, yeah. Yeah. the, the yeah, well, 80s like, you, you would have had like Pike, Pike, Pike Rovers three dynamos yeah you would have um, um, think Carrick from Waterford yeah there were a few Michaels. teams but it was just yeah. it wasn't Financially possible for them to keep doing it, like because yeah. it's just gone to Cork now. Obviously, yeah, yeah. the regional. That's true. A bit of travelling for them was yeah, like for tr- us, like yeah. those Limerick Junior League, Waterford Junior League. They'd be very strong teams in that, like. Yeah. But well, correct me if I'm wrong. Do they do that in the Leinster Senior League now? Because we played a team do, uh, in Athlone. They do, yeah. And they are playing in the Leinster Senior really? League. Really? So this, okay. Like, this. maybe it's something worth looking at. You know, if there is that, you know, under tier. Like they were talking about a, a league going underneath the first division, so basically you know you would have monster contests, and it's just your choice to go into it or whatever. But I again look, there's there's a massive uh, financial backing. Yeah, you need well, you need you need funding for it, like. But could could something like that kind of spring an interest then? Because obviously you know you've got communities then behind you. That's something that the GA I think have. You know, you have your local club and you have your community behind you, and it's the local players. You know and. 
it, maybe it's something that it just takes funding and organization really to get it right like yeah because if you try it when you're not ready it could be a disaster and then teams just won't do it anymore mm. so you yeah, have to yeah. get it everything in place before you try it really i think the counter argument is that we can't run two leagues properly yeah. that's yeah the, true, the third one. true. But I, I can see how true. it's widening the base yeah. and if you had a pyramid yeah. structure that makes complete sense yeah. from a, like you might have to leave and have an ale or whoever and get to play League of Ireland. I suppose yeah. if, it's, if it's within within Munster as well, you wouldn't have the thing of taking time off work and like you could play on a Saturday at three o'clock or whatever. Oh yeah, and it's still it's weekend, yeah. still very doable for people yeah. like because yeah. I think even in even in the first division, I was working, I was working full time playing with Cove, and I was ta- I had to take a half day every second Friday and then work up hours and then you have midweek games, EA Sports Cup and all this, and you just have more half days and it's just, it's very hard a lot of lads don't, don't step up to, and to they're, the they're, they're losing out on money to do yeah. it like so because of work yeah because of work it's probably it's better off playing for the likes of Avondale or Cold Wanderers and especially having a job and then playing yeah. on a Saturday or yeah. the Sunday there's a lot of lads in the, farm, like, in the pharmaceutical places on shift work like they'd be taking a pay cut if they went down to Cove Ramblers or if they signed for Limerick or whoever else in the first division and there's a lot of lads there that potential could, oh, they're good could enough, definitely yeah. play in the league. I yeah. think know? that Friday night then is the better mo- uh, model like for fans to come to the game and it? after like, work when they come to the I game. Do, I don't think it helps for away fans though. Yeah. Like, just say, take from a Cork point of view. If Cork City are playing in Shamrock Rovers 3 o'clock on a Saturday, I think people would go to their, bring their kids, yeah. bring their families. But if you have to take a half day from work, take the kids out of school and then go up, it's like, yeah. I suppose for home fans it's probably better, but for away yeah. fans it's terrible like, and maybe look, you're looking at the English model Saturday yeah. at three o'clock. I mean, there's fans traveling up and down the country. They kind of get into an interest of it with their friends, and you know, it's kind of like I, a social thing. Yeah, the argument has always been the English football clashing with that. But who's watching it, three o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday evening? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. even everyone's looking at scores on their phone anyway. Yeah. So I would, I don't think it would affect people I traveling. I do like, like the Friday nights, if I'm honest, just a different yeah. view, and I like it under lights. I do like it. We like we we used to play on a Sunday. Were you there for anyone mm. used to play on a Sunday? That was good yeah. too. But I prefer the night time. I like the lights and the, yeah. the atmosphere. Yeah. But, but that, that's more as a player's point that's of view player's rather than yeah. fans travelling. That's true. And structure yeah. to the yeah. whole league. Maybe it's something that they could look at. And again, that's kind of why we're doing this podcast as well, is to get fans' opinions. And it's great that people are giving yeah. their opinions and asking us questions because it's, it's, it's a huge opportunity, I think, this podcast, for people to see the kind of inside and especially four different experiences in the room. And we're going to get more people on again given their experience I mean I was talking to Leon and talking to Ashley Bays as well who was at AFC Wimbledon he was meant to come on tonight but he's got a game you yeah. know they beat West Ham there last week and just having that network to be able to tap into Leon yeah, Mattini was the other one you were yeah saying. Leon who's at Leicester now yeah. you know and one of the development coaches over there so we, between the four of us we do have that network and I'd like to push it out there two local clubs in Ireland to like come back with us with feedback and I'm going to put up a question after as well, maybe kind of tag as many clubs as we can in Cork to start with anyway. Just kind of ask them, you know, what's their day-to-day issues? What could they do to improve the league and maybe try and get their voices out there? And we could be their platform to get a question out there that then becomes answered or something might happen. Or even get more of a debate about it or something like that. Like that amateur question there, I think even if there was something like we had Santa Cup where... The top four in the south would play the top four in the north. Why? Why not the top four yeah. in 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 Munster play <laughs> top four in Leinster? Like yeah. a kind of tournament or cup yeah. like that. Yeah. Where I agree because yeah. like some of the FEI Junior <coughs> Cup games there are fantastic. Like yeah. Yeah. you know when yeah. it gets towards the last thirty two, last sixteen. And maybe what they have brought you, in this year is a super cup. Have they? At the end, it's in June. The winner of the Munster Senior League against the winner of the Leinster Senior League. Oh, okay. And I don't I don't know if it's semi finals with the other two leagues as well. Or if it's right. just Munster or Leinster, but they have brought something in for this year. Well, you could you think if if someone won that, then that they might have the option to go up into the next league or whatever, you know, that could be something. Yeah. So true. And they could, they could turn it down if they wanted to. Depend on licenses exactly. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But yeah, yeah it the, is an option. They have the structures. Yeah, yeah. But again, as I see, I've gone round to clubs, and you've we've all been in clubs, local clubs, and there's there's some guys with some good ideas, and they're, you're talking to them. And you know, saying, do you know what? Actually, that's a that's a great idea. Like, he could be coaching under fourteens or something like that at the club. But he's he's been there for years, you know, and he knows what's going on. But then it's like someone comes in then and just you know takes over, and then it's like, oh, do you mind that guy? Do you know that's the kind of I thing know, there? Yeah. So hopefully we kind of get a platform together and put the ideas out there. And 
you you never know then maybe maybe something happened for him. But Darren Haynes as well asked a question. He's the guy that uh, made the speech about your um, getting the footballs to his oh, yeah, twelves yeah. last week. He's on about do you get frustrated with players at amateur level now that you're coaching them? Do you ever say to yourself like oh, I could have won that ball, I could have made that tackle? And so you're coaching there now. To me, yeah. Now, yeah. Um, I think it's tough when you're getting or you're coaching lads who have gone through the whole career and have indented bad habits. We're we're all human. We all love to. Like on a, on a Friday or Saturday night, all the talk down the pub is, you know, oh, if I was a manager, I would have done that, I would have done that. Everyone seems to have the answers. So sometimes it's the it's the ego that you're trying to break down. If I'm in in a club a week and I'm trying to instill my methods or whatever, and if your habit is not to take criticism, but it's not criticism, it's yeah, trying to give feedback. Yeah, you know, it's the ego pops up straight away. No, yeah. yeah. So I think if you if if yeah. you're willing to break down your ego and, and willing to learn, you will learn. But it is frustrating. And th- there's a lot of lads who very good growing up. And then for whatever reason, through injury, through just lads who came back from England who were who were homebirds, who kind of fell out of love with football and then back into it and uh, maybe have that small bit of, you know, I could, I could have played there. Or a bit of bitterness, kind uh, of. Not even bitterness, but it's just, you know, somewhere deep down that they, they probably know better than, yeah. than the coach or whatever. Yeah. But I think there is some fantastic players there and there is some really good young lads that are coming up and who are taking it on board. For me as a coach, I don't want to be screaming and roaring and effing and blinding on it. And I'm trying to make players that 1% or 2% better. So if I can get that... Like that that's the reward that I want. Going through all the preseason with, with the club and then next thing the first two or three games and they play out through the back or through the midfield like you've been working on. You could you probably know that as like that's what you want. Did you feel that in when you're coaching that like your position that like you know best about your position probably, like uh, you know, rather than the whole game? Yeah yeah. Well obviously I, you would like as a you know, because that's what I suppose thinking. if I like I am managing now and yeah. I have an assistant coach, so the coach kinda gets to do the whole lot I'm kind of doing sections and okay. so I, I think I, if I was a coach say I was working under you as you were manager I was coach you probably want me to, to be working with the forwards you have yeah. more of a role as a manager that you're you're trying to cover all bases for me personally working under the likes of Pat Dolan Paul Tisdale at Exeter you know you, you take a bit from everyone I mm. think Paul Tisdale was a, a massive tacticianer that I would have learned I would have never thought I'd be a coach or a manager but working under him and, and seeing the little small things he what did he do he done like oh he, he just stripped stuff down and you know drill 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 like stuff okay. where it was really tedious at the time but now it's when you're becoming a manager or a coach or getting into that path Seeped you're thinking into you. wow that yeah. you know yeah. and, but as a player you don't want to be doing that over no. and over and over and over again but yeah. it becomes second nature so I think that's a good point actually you do take on like your old coaches or old managers um, theories and philosophies and kind of bring them into your own and then you kind of have your own as well and you know you're looking at obviously football on TV or your idols or whatever and you're, you're kind of taking a small bit of that as well like obviously everyone wants to pay, play like Pep Guardiola like you know and have their team playing like that but it, it's not realistic enough but my answer to the Darren's question would be do I get frustrated? Yes, I do get frustrated. Of course I do. Jesus Christ. Okay. I do, let's be honest. But I, I'm after training my mind now to kind of react in a positive way then as well. Like, I'll see a fella kind of going for a ball and, and then, you know, if, if he kind of like doesn't do what kind of I would have done my head, I say, fucking hell. Do you know, like, but I'm like, yes, well on, brilliant, you know, go get, get, get again, get again. Because it does, it's like, it does, you're obviously... You were at a level, like, you know, and you were able to do that and you, you have to kind of take it down in a small bit and realise that, like, you know, these lads aren't at that level, you know, and even at the top level, people make mistakes. And your your point's a good one there about, like, players in local leagues there now, like, fantastic players. There's some there's some mm. great players. But again, they, they do, they need to take on board what you're kind of trying to promote there. But again, you have to be promoting something. There's, there's no point in someone being a dictator going down screaming and shouting at fellas mm-hmm. I don't believe in that and I, I had that in my career I think you give people a chance and you know then if, if they are taking piss out of you then you have to kind of you know you have to step you in. have to step in and stand up for yourself more than anything really but I think majority majority of people want to learn you know what experience you have to give I think that, as you said the frustration only comes 
like you'd get frustrated with a player because you were a tough tackling all action midfielder if you saw your midfielder not being or having the attributes that you had that would frustrate you you know whereas when I was at Barnet we had Ian Hendon came in the second year at the time he would have been uh, left back right back full back like he would take you the ball and your whole family you know one of them fellas who would just go through you he actually was Sam Allardyce's assistant at uh, West Ham he had a good coaching career but okay. he was the same thing whereas sometimes I would have been going up and hoping that I'd get a nick off the defender or the ball would spark my way he'd be seeing me going in pulling out of a challenge and he'd be going mental at me I'd be thinking I'm looking to try and get the edge rather than he'd see it as if I need to go through bust my head open his head open and that's a good you know you've done well whereas it's it's different positional wise he's still kind of playing the game isn't he he's playing the the game with a bit of cuteness but because his characteristic was all action and but smash. that's what I'm saying. He's still playing the game when he should yeah, be managing yeah. it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And he's trying to, to take himself out of that. back out yeah. of it, which you've done obviously. Yeah. you know. I think I've actually done a, a leadership management course, right? And it has ta- it's it's been fantastic for me. It's made me step back and think and realize, like right. you know, that other people, you know, like have a different outlook on things. Like like if I gave you a simple instruction, if I gave you say three bits of paper and three pens, and I said draw a map of the world. Okay, it's a simple instruction, but you don't have no chance. I just don't know where we're hot. Equator. But I guarantee, I guarantee, like it's a simple instruction. But I guarantee, you give me back the three pieces of paper, there'd be three different different drawings, you know, because everyone sees a different outlook or a different perspective, and you just yeah. have to take that on board as well. And it's something about becoming a lead, a good leader or a manager is to take yourself out of like. Um, situations and come from a different angle and stuff like that you know and not reacting harshly or showing your frustrations I think that's something and I've written down here that kind of Roy Keane is kind of lacking a small bit on he's just got the assistant manager job there no not in Forest and I think something like a leadership management course would help him but would he be kind of too egotistical to take it I don't know and I and I do, I, I do think yeah. Roy Keane's a fantastic personality and he's obviously an idol of mine but it's just I, I don't like him being portrayed in the media as this person like you know who's going to give you a shit comment and you know he's obviously a really intelligent man has a lot to offer football and I'd like to see him at a higher level but he's not going to get that if he's going to kind of the media are going to be piping at him you know and he's he's earned his reputation from yeah. that it's probably the perception of the word leader as well especially in football in English football leader is centre back fucking people out of it going into tackles it's not what you're saying taking yourself back yeah. seeing this the whole situation like it's just the definition of the word or how it's perceived it's is probably the issue like like people say like without Roy Keane that's the definition of what their definition of a leader is maybe that's why there's very little premiership managers who are English these days yeah, because the game has moved on from yeah, that kind of and you can't just scream and roar at players and do yeah, all that kind of stuff yeah. that used to work like yeah but like I, I think Roy, I agree with you I think Roy Keane could still be a brilliant manager and maybe this is just a learning phase he's going through, you know? Like, who am I to say that now, right? <laughs> well, I think and you have to change, though. You have to change no, the situation. Think, yeah. You yeah. can't be stubborn because you're the common denominator at the end then. But you, I think in certain situations you have to change. Like, you being able to step back out and seeing from a different perspective. If you were stubborn, then you, you just think everyone isn't putting it in or everyone is shit or... Like, then you get in your own head and, and you become the common denominator. Whereas if you take a step back and you... You say, oh, okay, now I now I can see, now I know. Yeah. You know? Step back's important. Yeah, like, uh, there's some lads in, in the club where I where I train now, and there's excuses there, and then some aren't turned up for training, and other lads coming to me saying, why aren't you on to him about not coming to training? If, if I have to ring you to motivate you to come training, then, like, it. what's the point? You know, I'm coming, I'm making a five-hour round trip to come down just to coach, and, I, and I'll do that, whether there's one person or there's 20 another like they're they're kind of expecting a manager who who's going to be a dictator and going to effing blind and yeah. they're all scared so they'll come to training no I don't want that at all I want you to, to come because you want to come and you want to learn and you love football you know 
John yeah. O'Flynn's carbon footprint there. Nine hours to Finn Harps, five hours to Wexford. Any car sponsors? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, look, that's been great. And uh, this week again, uh, episode two um, of the FETV podcast. And again, the only way this is going to grow and, and get out there is if you kind of subscribe and promote it on social and interact with us and we'll, we'll try our best to interact with you back. Obviously, I missed a couple of questions there like from Jerry Keller, Paul Lee Han and Barry O'Callaghan, but we'll try to get them in next week and hopefully there'll be pl- plenty more episodes. Hoggy talking about his book and everything. Hoggy yeah. talking about half the podcast. Yeah. 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 He's around bloody 46 podcasts. So, I damn break on this, So, <laughs> from, from me, Morgan, John O'Flynn, Rob Lee Han and Darren Murphy, goodbye for episode two and we'll see you again for episode three. Thanks very much. Do-do.